There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From Decrypt.co, CEO, this is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Ethereum's DeFi is nearing 2017 ICO boom levels. Mt. Gox, $1.5 billion rehabilitation is delayed again. And drama in DeFi. Uniswap governance, more centralized? I talked to Chris Beck for that. Coming up, on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, October 15, 2020. Big news, big news in traditional news and crypto news. We'll get to that in a minute. But in the traditional news, we have censorship. Twitter, Facebook censoring a New York Times post about Hunter Biden's emails. I've just been seeing this all over crypto Twitter today. I wonder the details about that. I didn't delve into it yet, but once I'm done making this podcast, I most surely will. And seven speeches that Amy Coney Barrett were undisclosed. What does that mean for the rest of this hearing? And Democrats, because of this, are trying to delay the vote for this new SCOTUS justice. All interesting stuff. But we are a crypto show, and we will get you the crypto news right after these crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 2.30 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $11,470.74, up 1.4% from yesterday. Ethereum, 378.70, up a percent from yesterday. Litecoin, 49.80, up 0.6% from yesterday. Chainlink, 10.73 up 0.3% from yesterday, and XRP sitting almost the exact same as yesterday at 24.8 cents. Total market cap for all of cryptocurrency, we have $362.4 billion with a BTC dominance of 58.6%. Have you noticed that BNB has been steadily climbing all week, up 13.4% in the past seven days? Something to take notice. In our main conversation today, I invited on Chris Black of the YouTube channel, Chris Black on DeFi. And we're going to talk about Uniswap's governance token and how it could be used to centralize power and making a centralized, decentralized exchange. In our chat, in about eight minutes or so, we're going to go about the summary of it and what's actually happening. Check out Chris's YouTube channel where he goes deep diving into this topic. Here's Chris. Hey, thanks for having me. Decrypt just put out an article today about Uniswap's governance proposal and it's sparking controversy. I don't know anything about this. You are going to be our guide to figuring this out. Can you tell us what the controversy is? Okay, here's the long story short. Uniswap has historically been the the most decentralized product in DeFi, right? And DeFi's taken a lot of pride in in that. It runs autonomously, it can't be changed, um, and it's always had that prestige. They introduced decentralized governance, which has a limited role. It's not like a decentralized governance can can change the whole thing overnight, um, but it does have some uh, say over how the the product is going to function. And that was the big. I'm sure you heard about the big uni airdrop, right? You guys probably reported on that too. One hundred percent. So everybody's involved in some way. So at this point, you know, the governance has just really launched, and there's a race for uh, power. It seems. The uh, entities that are getting the most traction initially are the ones that have a user base that they can reach out to and try to 
get votes delegated to them. That's kind of what we're seeing right now. Actually, it's a combination of those and also entities that don't have a lot of users, don't have a lot of support, but do have a lot of tokens or do have access to people who have a lot of tokens, like venture capitalists, investors, etc. So Dharma and Gauntlet are these two organizations that have sort of taken over at the top of the delegate list. And the current proposal that's creating controversy has been put forward by them. And the idea is to lower the quorum required to pass a vote down to almost the exact amount of tokens that they're responsible for, which would be, I think it was 30 million. So if this, if their proposal gets voted into existence, they would be able, as long as they keep those delegates, they would be able to get any vote passed that they see fit. And that right mm. there is creating some controversy because Dharma's already said that their intent right off the bat is to pass a vote immediately that would airdrop uni tokens to all of their users because they feel like they missed out on the initial airdrop because they were going through Dharma. Mm, mm, interesting, interesting. What is the governance to- structure of uh, Uniswap? What are they proposing? How does the governance work? If you're saying that you know there's delegated power and somebody has this much tokens or that much tokens, uh, that they're going to get mo- most of the voting power, what is the proposed structure or the current structure of the governance? The current structure of the governance is, is it, it sort of just was born and then it's up to the users to figure it out. So Uniswap airdropped 400 uni tokens to every... Um, at least 400 Uniswap tokens to every person or every Ethereum address that ever conducted a swap on Uniswap, which was the big you know announcement a few weeks ago that got everybody so pumped. So everybody's got these tokens and they're voting tokens. So yes, they can be bought and sold and traded, but they're supposed to be used for voting. That's their intent. So everybody who has these tokens can either vote on their own on a proposal or they can delegate them to a larger entity. It could be a company, it could be a person, a user, it could be could be a dog, right? It could be anybody who has an Ethereum address who's going to vote on their behalf. So right now, the community is trying to sort through how that's going to look. And it's a very early stage. This has only been going on for what, a week or two, I think, so or maybe more. The governance structure is going to form out of that. So the, to- the tokens were just lobbed out into the world, and now it's up to us, the users, to figure that out. And we have role models like MakerDAO has sort of gone through this already, and Compound has gone through this already. And Uniswap is sort of heading in the same direction. Part of my mission as a user is to make sure that the power does not get trapped by companies, by VC firms, by whales. I think power should be with the users as much as possible. And that's why I think it's so controversial what's happening right now. My, my last question to you is that it makes a lot of sense. You know, you want you want to have governance and have the power to the users. But w- with that, I mean, it's the individual user can also consolidate a lot of power as Dharma is going to try to consolidate a lot of power. I mean, anybody can collect or acquire a lot of tokens and get have that, that voting power. My two questions that come out of this is what are the dangers of consolidation of power and if it wasn't broke, I mean, DEXs aren't pro- broke. I mean, it's a smart contract. Why do you need governance in the first place? If it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think it's an inherent flaw with tokenized governance. You know, And I think that it's a mistake that we call it decentralized governance because clearly it's not fully decentralized if power is consolidating with individuals or companies or other entities, right? So it's really, it's tokenized governance, it's delegated governance in this case. And the danger is that entities that want to use it for their own good or to vote 
wealth to their users or whatever it might be are going to trap control. The idea of a individual user becoming a delegate and assuming some sort of leadership role versus a for-profit company, which has its own business and profit motivations, I think it's night and day, right? As long as the user that's, you know, that is assuming such a role has some sort of reputation, is, is known not to be a scammer, et cetera, et cetera. There's no perfect world here. You know, so I'm not a huge fan, to be honest with you, of tokenized governance. But I think that in the best case scenario, it would be users who become delegates who tell the companies what we're going to do, not the other way around. You know, and as far as why do we need it here, that's another great question. I think Uniswap hurt its decentralized principles by launching the tokenized governance. I'm not totally sure that it needed it for any reason other than to provide some sort of benefit to the company behind Uniswap, which is funded by investors, venture capitalists that are looking for some way to generate profit. You know, and it's very hard to generate profit off a decentralized, a fully decentralized product. You have to find a way to slide something in there that's going to allow people to exit with a nice, juicy chunk of cash. And I think that's what happened here. So I, I don't think it's great. I don't think that it's excellent for Uniswap, but I do think if, if this is what we have to deal with right now, we have to make sure that for-profit companies don't take over the power and just do that for the purposes of, uh, of benefiting their users, their investors, etc. Chris Black, thank you very much for explaining all of this to us and coming on the show. My pleasure. And in other news, Bitcoin exchange Mt. Gox received a two-month extension on its $1.7 billion rehabilitation plan by the order of the Tokyo District Court, which extended it to December 15, 2020. If you remember, in 2018, Mt. Gox said it intended to repay all affected accounts with its bankruptcy fund, which is said contained over 150,000 Bitcoin in either Bitcoin or cash. And remember, it was 2014 that this hack costed 740,000 Bitcoin at the time. So needless to say, anybody who's using Mt. Gox and is expecting any kind of rehabilitation or payback from it has been waiting a very long time for any kind of justice or any kind of settlement. Good luck and fist up, keep the faith. Thanks to an eToro Q3 report on trading volumes, we are seeing the effects of DeFi across all platforms. While globally, Bitcoin trading volumes have been down 38%, Ethereum is up 90%, Cardano up 87%, Tron up 203%, NEO up 153%, and EOS up 175% globally. And like I said, just to reiterate, this is because of DeFi. And we're seeing levels that we haven't seen in trading volume since 2017 ICO boom. And just a little fun fact, over 7.5% of ETH's total supply is currently locked up in DeFi. That number was only 2.7% at the beginning of 2020. And finally, Bitcoin is getting two major improvements in a historic code update. And I could try to go through this, but I actually had a conversation with Jameson Lopp just a little bit ago, and he broke this down to me. This podcast with Jameson is going to come out on Monday, so please look forward to that. But he said, in a nutshell, what this update does is gives you better privacy, better scalability, and things like CoinJoin could also see improvements because of this. And I also asked him if the average person, the average hodler is going to have to do anything or pay attention to anything as using Bitcoin after this happens. And he said, nah. But remember, Monday, you can hear more of that with my conversation with Jameson. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. I want to let you guys know that I'll be off all next week, but just because I'm off doesn't mean you won't get the Decrypt Daily. I have pre-recorded some great episodes for you. I have Jameson Lop, Sam Brinkman-Fried, an episode voting on the blockchain, very timely episode for the United States with Votum, centralized exchanges versus decentralized exchanges, and we're talking Bitcoin, can it actually rival gold and silver? Great topics, great conversations. Look for them all next week. And remember, wherever you listen to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed, like it, share it, and leave us a comment. It helps us immensely. I'll see you tomorrow. Happy hodling.